Hi, welcome back. Thanks for letting me be in your ear this week. I know there's like a bajillion podcasts to choose from and you're listening to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So one of the coolest things about having a podcast is um, like, I, I feel like I've come across since I've started out in this online business world and people can poo-poo social media all they want, but it has brought me so many amazing friends. And I don't use the word friends lightly, like actual friends and connections who like people who, this is going to sound so cheesy. And if you know me in real life, I'm like not a cheesy person, but it's true. Like so many people who just like inspire me and just like, wow, like if it weren't for Instagram, I would have never known you. And Dawn Wiggins, my guest today is an example of one of those people. So Dawn and I, you can hear my my text dinging in the background, real life. Sorry to my podcast editor. You can leave that in. <laughs> um, um, Dawn and I met in a mastermind last year. It was a really small mastermind. And she and I just like immediately hit it off. We have a lot of random things in common. And we got to meet in person at the mastermind's retreat in Tampa. And again, she and I have just really hit it off. So Dawn is a licensed marriage and family therapist, but she's, and she's been a therapist for a really long time. She focuses on divorce, but she's really, she's like the coolest. She, she's been into homeopathy recently on her bio. She says she's a rebel healer and change maker. She's, she said about 10 years into her career, she thought, traditional talk therapy sucks and it doesn't work as well as it needs to. So that's when she became trained in EMDR and um, EMDR was really one of her first innovative approaches that she started using in her private practice. So today she uses multiple modalities ranging from EMDR, EFT, homeopathy, and other remedies for the mind and body because you can't heal one without the other. She's a top-ranked therapist. She's garnered a wait list of a top-secret who's-who clientele. And her truest mission is to deliver life-changing therapeutic tools in an accessible, affordable way that creates real change in the world of mental health. So Dawn is also a podcaster. She has a podcast called Dear Divorce Diary. And Today, what we're talking about is, no, not divorce or homeopathy, really. We talk about it some. We're actually talking about your reticular activating system. And you're like, Molly, you're a marketing podcast. Why are you talking about the brain and the reticular activating system? Well, for a couple of reasons. I would be remiss if I didn't say mindset work is so much of what keeps people stuck from actually being able to use social media effectively to grow their practice with like dream patients, or if you have an online business to, to grow your online health or life coaching business with like dream clients, so much of it is mindset and that can just not feel sexy, right? It's like, ugh, just give me the tactics. But Dawn today dives into why the RAS or the reticular activating system, like how it works and how we can really harness its power in our life, our business, our marketing, you name it. And it was just like a fascinating conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is a conversation between my friend Don and me. 
Welcome to Holistic Marketing Simplified, a podcast for health and wellness professionals looking to simplify their marketing. I'm your host, Molly Cahill, and this podcast is brought to you by my marketing roadmap, which is a five episode private audio training that's kind of like this podcast, but not exactly because it's not available to the general public when you search on your podcast feed. So the great thing about consuming free content like this for me or on my Instagram or my blogs or whatever is that yes, you will learn a lot, but you kind of have to go searching for what it is exactly you're looking for. This five episode private podcast is broken down in a logical step-by-step order. That's why it's called a roadmap. If you're ready to get started on your Instagram marketing journey, or if you already are started and you just feel like you're kind of like overwhelmed with all of the different free information, this is a super clear roadmap with lots of tangible step-by-step action items that will get you from point A to point B for just $27. So all you have to do is head to mollycahill.com slash private training. And based on the reviews I've had so far, I know you won't be disappointed. My name is Dr. Abby Parrish, and I'm a chiropractor located in Old Town, Daphne, Alabama, and I listen to the Holistic Marketing Simplified Podcast. Okay, we have already been chatting, Don, <laughs> and so I was like, crap, I'm not recording this, and all of this is great conversation that needs to be recorded. So, so good. yeah, I'm so happy to have my friend Don on today. We met in person back in May at a retreat. We were in the same mastermind group. And we just had, we, well, we hit it off before them virtually and we have yes. so many weird things in common, in common yes. birthdays and single, like, you know, one daughter Only girl child. Yes. Yeah. Age. And then we just go to put our lipstick on and we have the same freaking, um, <laughs> mineral fusion. Lip- We're both generators yeah. with, yeah, both. Gen- yeah. Anyway, it's just yeah. all very funny. And yeah. we like lo- gen generally love the same Instagram accounts too. Um, yes. So anyway, she sent me one the other day. She's like, I can't believe you're not following this person. But so today we have a very, very interesting topic that I saw Dawn post on her stories about. And I was like, okay, please come on the podcast and talk about this. And considering a lot of my audience are health and wellness professionals with the vast majority skewing towards chiropractors, just because that's kind of how it's worked out. You will love this episode because we're going to like nerd out on all things reticular activating system. Obviously, we'll just say Raz. We ain't gonna say the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, so we're gonna talk about that. But first, Don, like, why are you qualified to talk to us about this, Don? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am not a neuroscientist. Sometimes I play one on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm a therapist that um just like you geeks out on all of the subconscious work. So, and, and the RAS is the bridge between the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. And so when you are doing all of the subconscious work and you understand the neurobiology of how it works, right? I think it, I've always loved the blending of the science and the spirituality, which you love to call the woo. Yes. But the truth is, is that the woo has all the science underneath it. It's just usually so complicated. <laughs> yeah, don't... I don't interrupt, but don't, didn't, did I get you following the uh, felt sense? Yes, you did. Winnipeg? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, it's so funny. You start off this going like, oh, there's no way that there is like this thing called God or like, I'm not religious. I'm, uh-huh. you know, once you start down like the quote scientific path. And then once you kind of like are on it long enough, you're like, oh crap, there definitely is a God. There definitely is, you know? 
definitely want to call it, whether you're religious or more spiritual, like I am, it's just kind of, it's funny how you're like, you start off at the beginning, like, oh, and one point, one always ends up pointing to the other. Yeah. So I've just always been passionate about being a therapist and I've always been drawn to finding the synchronicity between the science and the spirituality, if you will. And so, you know, the subconscious work in healing in therapy, really what we're doing in therapy is we're finding deeper levels of self-acceptance and oneness with ourselves and God and other people. But the science behind that is got a lot to do with the reticular activating system or the RAS. So let's just, let's talk about some basic, I don't know, definitions first. So Mm -hmm. when you talk about the conscious versus the uh, subconscious mind, uh, which is so funny because I literally write content for this all the time for another client I have who practices um, German new medicine, but tell me about your definitions of like to the lay person, subconscious and conscious mind. Yeah. So the subconscious mind is like all the programs that are running in the back of the system, the, you know, the back end of the system that you're not necessarily aware of, but it's like, you know, we're breathing without thinking about it. Our heart is beating without thinking about it. We're making decisions all day long and we're not necessarily um, thinking about the execution of every decision. So if you think a lot about how we drive a car, right, Mm -hmm. there's such a bridge when you drive a car between the conscious and the subconscious. So, and the RAS is exactly what effectuates it. So imagine you're driving along and all of a sudden you see brake lights in front of you and your foot moves from the gas to the brake. That is right there, the conscious into the subconscious and the RAS is the bridge, okay? Because you get feedback from your environment, the brake lights in front of you, and you've programmed your brain from practicing first from studying the book and then taking the driver's test and then driving around and practicing that when you see brake lights, you know that braking is happening and your foot moves really without you telling it to. Right, yeah. Right. And so that's on the subconscious mind. The RAS was already programmed to know you have to stop the car or else bad shit happens. Am I allowed to curse here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bad shit happens. And then your foot moves and like then it kind of you kind of become conscious of it all. Right. And you're like, oh, you know, let me notice more specifically what's happening in traffic if I need to adjust. So the conscious mind is where we like know we're making a decision. And we're like, you know, do I want brownies or carrots? And we're, you know, asking ourselves that question and having that answer come. That's like a conscious choice. But so much of what happens in our day, more of what happens in our day is happening below our awareness. And the RAS is the bundle of nerves that is the bridge between those two functions. Okay. Um. So I always explain the reticular activate the RAS as the best example I always think of. It's like, all right, when I first bought a new car in 2014, my car is like almost 10 years old now, I'm realizing. I'm like, I want a white Ford Edge. And so then all you see on the road magically are white Ford Edges. And you're like, mm-hmm. wait, did everybody else just go out and buy a white Ford yeah, Edge? Yeah, yeah, because you never noticed it before that because you never weren't focused on it. Before that. Yeah, yeah. And there are just so many places I want to take this conversation about I didn't know it was that bridge part. So I'd love for you to expand on that. Yeah. But I want to talk about how it plays into, I mean, think about it. Social media algorithms, like law of attraction, like you name it. No, the RAS is the explanation for why law of attraction works. Yeah. Right. Because law of attraction is all about 
where I focus is what becomes manifested and uh-huh. the and us programming our RAS because it is programmable, not all of it, but the habitual part of it is. So the RAS has a whole lot of functions that are not to do with this aspect of it we're talking about, right? The Because the RAS is filtering input all day long for us. It's filtering whether it's day or it's night. And so when to sleep, right? It's got a lot of hypothalamic involvement about when to sleep and when to wake. It has to do with that muscle control piece like I was talking about in the car, right? It helps us move our muscles based on input. Like if the ball's flying on our face, it's the thing that allows us to like throw a hand up and say, protect oneself, right? And then in the habits section of our life, which is the law of attraction piece, it helps us determine what data to pay attention to in our environment. So for instance, You know, if you, um, just like you said about the car, right? Or if you're picking a baby name and then all of a sudden you'll notice all the other people have the name. Every other kid's name is this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's very much in relationship to our deep-rooted beliefs and our intentions. And the word intention is so magical when it comes to the RAS because if I set an intention to increase my social media strategy or increase my visibility, this is actually how I landed on your podcast. I set an intention in the last quarter of this year to increase my podcast visibility, I hired coaches to help me rebrand my podcast, which is the rebrand is launching January 2nd. And I started getting really consistent on social media, on stories, talking about things that lit me up. And you responded and invited me on your podcast. And that's how it works, right? Setting an intention and having a focus and things that were often already available suddenly become more clear because just like you said, I've chosen to focus on it. And now it's like, ding. There's a lot of places. I, I'm just so funny. I was thinking about this conversation last night. I was like, I have so many questions to ask her. I got to make sure I'm on track. But maybe, like I said, my my definition was like the whole, like seeing the white Ford edge on the road. Mm-hmm. I did not know up until literally just now when you said said this, that it had anything to do with those more like immediate reactions, like pressing the brakes, whatever. So I don't know if you want to talk a little more about that versus like my, my, when I think of the RAS, I think of like, oh, it's almost like when you're at the eye doctor and they're like, Can't, lens one, lens two. It's like, uh-huh. you know, oh no, I'm on lens two. So I'm only looking for things through this lens and lens one is like closed, you know, that's kind of how I've always thought about it. So tell me more about the like reactions and like the automatic reactions. and Yeah. Stuff. So the RAS is where our senses integrate, right? Like all of our senses, except for smell, dump into the RAS. And okay. so it's, it's filtering all of that sensory input. So what we see, what we smell, what we oh, taste, no. what we touch, what we hear and and integrating all of that and then deciding what to react to and what not to react to based on our beliefs. Okay. Okay. So is that where it's like, okay, I've had this belief or perception that, you know, this thing happened to me when I was a kid. And so now I've got this, like, this is like, it's almost like a shortcut. It's like, oh, your your conscious mind's like, cool, we don't have to filter through this anymore because we already have a program store. We have a program running for it. it. Exactly. So for instance, let's say you got um, hit in the face by a basketball when you were young. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to be more alerted spotting all those white cars, right? <laughs> spotting all the basketballs in your environment. You're more likely to notice basketballs in your environment than somebody else's because you experienced a negative impact with a basketball, whereas somebody else might not ever even notice, or like it would just be in the, like they wouldn't even notice. 
And the really interesting thing about the RAS is it doesn't just filter things. It doesn't just decide what to filter in, what to notice. It also filters things out that are contrary to it. And this is the real key about law of attraction that I think is not understood well enough or practiced well enough by a lot of people. So when we talk about in law of attraction and even in talk therapy and why I think talk therapy is dying or needs to die in a particular context is. Yes, that's when, another question I have for you. So I'm tabling that. Keep going. <laughs> okay. So when we talk about the negative things, we're filtering, we've taught the, the RAS to filter out positive things. And the RAS's program runs on repetition, right? Mm. The more you repeat something, the more it's clear about its strategy. So the more we gossip, the more we complain, the more we focus on, you know, call up our girlfriends and get them to co-sign our bullshit about what our husband did or what, what, you know, it really is reinforcing the RAS's strategy to filter out positive stuff. And that is the neurobiology of how law of attraction, where if you're listening to like Esther Hicks, for instance, talk about not like she mocks therapy right? because, because you go to therapy and you're often focusing on the negative. And I think this has been an awesome trend that I've been seeing on Instagram just this month is people talking about ancestral patterns and not just focusing on the negatives, but focusing on the gifts that were given to our ancestors, right? And that's reprogramming the RAS right there is to stop relating to the people who did the traumas or whatever, hand us down the, tr and really start focusing on the gifts. This is how we start to live shame. This is how we start to have greater self-acceptance. This is how we start to feel lighter and more optimistic and hopeful about so many things. And that all is that RAS between the subconscious and conscious mind, bridging it based on whatever we've programmed or repetitive repetitively done. So this is like, so, cause so my coach, Chelsea, anytime, like if we, if we get on a call and I happen to be in like a particularly stressful situation, I'll start going down. Well, then this happened and this happened. And she literally will interrupt me and stop me. And mm -hmm. it used to piss me off. I'd be like, no, like, she's like, but, but, but you're spiraling. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. Yep. Okay. I'd be like, but I thought I was supposed to vent. I thought I was supposed to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about that, but I also want to ask, and this is like, a, this is still something I think I'm still figuring out and I'd love to hear your answer on this. And then I'll kind of give you what I've conclusion I've come to so far. I wouldn't say it's conclusion, what I've come to at this point in my journey, but let's talk about how, like, when is it toxic positivity and gaslighting your feelings? And when is it like, no, we can literally retrain our brain to notice the positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Toxic positivity is like, it's the tendency towards focusing on the positive without acknowledging that the darker shadow stuff does need to be transmuted, right? So toxic positivity, I would talk about more as like a suppression or repression or denial mm. around the shadow stuff and not a circling back around to heal it or transmute it. And so- that's like, I'm just going to pretend it's not there. A truly integrated, integrated positivity is going to be able to tolerate sitting with people's dark stuff without getting super triggered. It's going to be able to tolerate being in proximity, right? Because toxic positivity, those folks tend to be like a little self-righteous about, oh no, I don't want to hear your negativity. Don't Good vibes say- only. Good vibes only, right? But <laughs> I can tell I can tell you as a therapist who's 
done a lot of shadow work, meaning sitting with my dark stuff and acknowledging it and honoring it, right? I can sit with your dark stuff really easily. Now I'm going to interrupt you when you're looping on your dark stuff, because I know it's reinforcing that programming of that RAS. It's filtering out the positive stuff. So I know it's inhibiting your progress, uh. but it doesn't pain me to sit with your darkness. I'm just as happy to sit with your dark as I am with your light. And that's because I've integrated all of that. And I understand it's that's the yin and the yang. That's going to be my new favorite word is integrated positivity. I've never heard that. Ooh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so for, for me, I think where I've gotten to, like I say, this is definitely not the, I said conclusion. Conclusion is not the right word because I'm not there yet. Yeah, we're on, it's a journey. The whole thing's a journey. Right. Well, I don't think I'll, and that's the other thing. Huh. That is one, that is one for sure conclusion I've come to is I've stopped thinking of anything as a destination. Yeah. It's just like, there yeah. is never one. Yeah. There's no destination. Yeah. It's just like, you know, um, so that's one thing. And then the other is I, I'm an Enneagram seven. So if, you, if you're like Enneagram fan, but it's like, <laughs> what, you know, this is like a shocker. And, and I really resonated with this when I listened to your episode on human design is like, I've never gotten into the tests. I, um, the reason I love talking about the Enneagram seven thing is because it, what I do see reflected in that for me is I, I have a really hard time with anything negative emotion wise. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. so I have mm -hmm. always been like the positive patsy, like, well, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay. Um, but what I've learned in the last couple of years is like, I would say the first time I was really able to be like, no, that sucked. Um, mm -hmm. so like when Matt was gone for MJ's birth and people mm -hmm. would try to say, well, at least you got to FaceTime with him. And I'm like, oh my God, is that what I sound like when I talk to you? Like, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> I want to slap you. Like, yeah. at least I got to FaceTime. Yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah, know what? Great. You know what? Integrative positivity honestly, it doesn't say very much. It doesn't say a lot. And I'm still working on that. You know, like for instance, a dear friend of mine, she's at her grandmother's funeral today. And she knows how blessed she is at 40 something to be at her grandmother's funeral. I don't need to say that to her. What I said to her this morning is I'm holding space for you all day. You're the first thing I thought of this morning. I love you so much. Yep. And that was it, right? I didn't need to blow smoke up her ass about any of it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what's been for me. My first response was always as the seven, the enthusiast was like to try to cheer someone up mm -hmm. when now my first responses are like, Hey, that's really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, talking through it and then we can usually get to the positive side, mm -hmm. but it's like, usually my first was like, Oh yeah, but it could be this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so I think one thing I've stopped doing is the whole, um, what do they call it? Comparing like your, like I used to be like, uh, you know, beauty counter, like do you use beauty counter makeup mm -mm. ever? Mm -hmm. I, I haven't lately. Actually, I still use their eyeshadow, but mm. I saw this video where they were like talking about how they mine for mica and mm. how like these poor women were having to like strap their two-year-olds to their backs and go in the mica mines. And I was like, goodness, I don't have a right to complain about anything, anything. ever. Yeah. And then that's what I worked through with with my coach was like, there's no, like, <laughs> you know, you can't, what do they call it? Comparative suffering, comparative suffering. Ah, uh, yes, it. yes, yes. That's well said. Um, so, so, yeah. and I, I'm not advocating for never expressing that stuff because suppression also can create perpetuation. Yeah. Right. And so I'm all for the, you know, I, I'm good for a little micro explosion, you know, mm. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that 
there's so much room for growth around my little micro explosions. But typically if I've micro exploded, if I've allowed my stuff to be voiced, then my RAS can go back to like not having to work so hard to filter out. Does that make sense? Like if yeah. I, yeah, it does. And the other like thing that's been helping me a lot is like the word and like the, the both mm -hmm. and mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. wow, that was a really hard situation. And, and I'm yes. also really lucky that I have a yes. husband who is an amazing father and, you know, yes. I did get to be on FaceTime. You know what I mean? So it was like, beautiful situation yes. really hurt and it was yes. really hard. P.S. I watched and your stories for, was it for her birthday that yeah. you posted all that? Oh, it was so moving. I got yeah. so many DMs. Everybody's like, I'm yeah. crying. I'm yes. like, I don't mean to. Um, but yeah, so that is one thing I'm working on is kind of like being able to, uh, that's one thing I do love about Brene Brown is she always talks about like the paradox of life. Like mm. everyone thinks that life can fit so nicely into this, like this or that I'm happy or I'm sad when it's like, no, you can be happy and sad all at the same time. <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. And you know, yeah, I, I've just, where I am in my journey is like, we all have some major, right? Hero's journey we have to overcome and there's no sparing us from that. And kind of how our RAS is programmed dictates how we move through our personal hero's journey and then how long it takes to resolve it, if you will. Right. And so when we think about, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, I'm going to go to the crazy place. Okay. But like about Gaza and Israel and Hamas and like, when you think of law of attraction and reticular activating, like think about, for instance, the Jewish people or people of color. I'm not qualified to speak on these things from a sociopolitical standpoint. I'm just speaking on it from like a humanity, compassion, literally reticular activating system perspective. But if we're oriented to anticipate terrorism and we're looking for, right, and that's what we're programmed for. And, and so I think that except really being able to accept that we're all going to experience some form of struggle mm -hmm. and how we've programmed our RAS dictates how long we suffer or how quickly we move through it. And I think that has a lot to do also with our trust in an organized universe or God and our ability to feel a sense of security around those things. And that doesn't mean we're never going to struggle or life is going to fit into boxes because it's just not. It's going to be hard a lot of times. But if we've programmed our RAS that connectivity is what matters, authenticity is what matters, you know, finding love, finding support, that it's all out there for me, that's what we're going to attract to us. Is that and then it's all good. Yeah, that is resilience. Yes. Yeah. Well said. That came to mind for me. So yeah. my mom has always said, I just don't understand how you have so many girlfriends. Girls are bitches and I've never had great. And I'm like, and as I've done so much work on myself in the last three years, I find myself, and I know she doesn't listen to my podcast, which is another thing that upsets me. <laughs> I'm always like, oh God, I'm not, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> mom, if you are, yay. No, yay. um, no, my mom's amazing, but I find it so funny now that I've done so much work on myself. She triggers me so bad. And I've like been having to be like, okay, like she's just, you know, because she, she is like the toxic positive, like, well, uh -huh, at least your uh -huh. finger's not cut off. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> or I'm trying to think of it. What, what were we talking about? Oh, like the girl, the girlfriends thing. I'm mm -hmm. like, well, maybe that's just what you're looking for now. Like I've yeah. always had amazing friends and a huge group of friends and yeah, just found that that's just makes you know. life better. Yeah. It comes easy to you. Yeah. And you know, people will be like, well, you're, 
so outgoing and you're the cop. I'm like, but it's not that really. It's just that like, that's what I look for, right? That's what I expect. Yeah, expect, right? So let's talk about this word intend, okay? That's what I intend, okay? Because so often, whether we're talking about law of attraction and manifestation or we get into the neuroscience of it, which is the RAS, we can... And affirmations, right? A lot of reasons, a lot of times affirmations don't work for people is because they pick an affirmation too many standard deviations from their norm. Yes. Right. The thought ladder. Have you heard of the thought ladder? Give or take. Yeah. Right. And so if we use the word intend, that's a gentle nudge to the RAS to help it focus without having a bunch of resistance flood in. Right. So I intend to have girlfriends. And then my mind, then the RAS starts looking for ways to make that happen. I intend to have imp- to have make an impact with my podcast this year. And then the RAS starts to look for ways to execute that strategy. Now, the only other thing that would derail it is if there's an internalized negative belief that needs to be transmuted to help promote that. Ooh, so the word in, that. yeah, the word intend is a really solid word to help coach your RAS. So internalized negative beliefs, oh, this has been like my thing lately is, um, so, so many of our negative experiences in life, we have come to associate with a self-oriented negative belief. Like I am not good enough. I am not in control. I cannot get what I want. I am not safe. I cannot trust people. Right. And so, and there's, and then the RAS finds the data to the anic data to like reinforce that negative belief because that's what we primed it to do. Right. And so, so much of what we do in EMDR, so mo- so much of what using homeopathy or other energy medicines does, it helps shift those negative beliefs into positive beliefs using whatever modality the thing uses, right? Um, and w- one of the things that's been in my craw lately is how much we're calling things trauma <laughs> mm. that aren't trauma. They're just internalized negative beliefs. Oh, interesting. Okay. to be transmuted because trauma has very clear hallmarks, right? Of how it affects. Well, you're saying, right. Like I know, no, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) You're like, no, I I I have no idea. Trauma impacts. Dawn, you're not talking to (laughs) (laughs) But you know a lot, you know, a lot more than the average Jane, right? So yeah, just because it's this topic I love over the last, like I said, I'm yeah, but continue. So trauma affects the brain in some very specific ways that involves them flashbacks and all kinds of neurobiological responses, right? In the body mind. But so much of what we look at as bad habits and patterns in our lives, dysfunctions in our lives are because we have come to believe something negative about ourselves. And then the RAS goes about just filtering through the world, reinforcing that belief. And so sometimes we have to get to the root of where that negative belief was born. And this is where I love EMDR or homeopathy to do, or EFT tapping to shake that loose, right? Mm -hmm. To transmute it and to to really incept or, um, yeah, incept, right? A positive belief about oneself. Is that how you kind of know, like, like you said, shake it loose, like, oh, that's where that came from. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's not just about awareness though. It's really like a block, an Mm. energy block that's blocking it from resolving. So if you think about chronicity versus Mm. acuteness, right? So like if I, if I have a bad day because something happens to me at work or on the road or whatever, and, and that bad day is like, um, oh, that sucked. And I have to like take a bath and like talk to a friend and recover from it. 
but if I, let's say that bad day was because I had a car accident, right? And But then I know that within a few weeks, it's no big deal. I'm not feeling anxious on the road anymore. It's resolved in a number of days or weeks as a result of me practicing good self-care. But if we're three to six to nine months out and I'm still feeling anxious getting behind the wheel of the car, now I want to I wanna look at, is that trauma or is that just I internalized a negative belief about what it is to drive on the road with other people and my RAS is just doing what I've asked it to do? Yes. And that distinction, I think, is what needs to be next in the conversation about trauma. It's We're doing a beautiful job of having the trauma conversation because it wasn't happening in this proportion five years ago. So yeah. cool that we're talking about it now. But now it's like we've kind of called everything trauma. And when we're calling everything trauma, like nothing's tra- – you know what I mean? Like, And so there's a nuance there between, oh, have I programmed my RAS or has it become programmed from some negative – experiences that have become negative beliefs or is it really trauma that has impacted the brain and I'm having flashbacks and I'm um and so when when there's a stuckness about a chronic symptom there's literally we can't see it with our eyes necessarily but we could see it with our symptoms there's a blocked energy just like like an aneurysm is a blood clot there's an energy clot and when we when we do EFT tapping, which we know is on points that are associated with meridians, right? Energy meridians. Right. Or when we do EMDR, which uses bilateral stimulation, uh-huh. or we use a homeopathic remedy, which sti- that uses an energetic stimulation, that energy block moves through the body and then things start flowing differently. So it's more than awareness. It's really shaking loose a block, an energetic block. What would you say is the difference then between like the trauma and then like the, what did you call it? An internalized negative belief? Yes. Yeah. It's so um again, not a neuroscientist, but it, well, it there are teaching on me. I'm like uh, yeah. I'm wrapped. But Seriously. there are parts of the brain that get so profoundly affected by trauma that it temporarily changes their structure, right? The amygdala yeah. becomes swollen. There are a handful of other places that become affected structurally. Is this where uh, they say they can see it on a scan? Like it can yes. actually like literally okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but we can have all sorts of dysfunction simply from having negative beliefs. And so this is where you call like, we maybe have heard things called big T trauma or little T Mm -hmm. trauma, right? I would much prefer we have a more nuanced conversation moving forward about big T trauma is trauma and little T trauma is probably like internalized negative beliefs, the RAS being programmed a particular Mm -hmm. way. And we could like pretty chip that pretty easily. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I, I wouldn't say you could even give it a, an example because everyone's perception of that situation, one, one might perceive it as traumatic and one might perceive it as like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And trauma is really, a, you know, a profound inability to process, Okay, like a profound inability for the body-mind to fully process what it's experiencing. And so it intentionally shuts certain things down so the system doesn't um, self-destruct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because yeah, that's how it's like you seemingly just keep going. I mean, when you think yeah. how on earth would you keep going if that happened? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, okay. So let's talk about the whole, you said, so you were, you were a talk therapist for how many years? So yeah. Um, Not talk therapist. Yeah. Right. But since I was born, right. I was yeah. the parental therapist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I opened my private practice in um, 2011 
And uh, I had worked, I had done agency work. I worked at some of the one, especially of the best rehabs in the country. Boy, was that just such an amazing training from some of the best of the best of the best. But I opened my practice in 2011, licensed marriage and family therapist. There's not as many of us. There's, you know, it's just not as common of a credential, but I've always been a systems thinker. I've always loved understanding how pieces work together, whether it's in a family or in a body or you name it. Yeah. I was doing, you know, individual and couple therapy. And I was like, this is so limited. Like it does not work as well as I had envisioned, mm -hmm. especially with couples therapy, because they would come to session and we talk about things and maybe we'd have a breakthrough, but then they go home and they're practicing the same bad habits. And if there's high conflict and if there's underlying traumas that are blocking this stuff or underlying internalized negative beliefs, how do we fundamentally get those to shift in between sessions so we can come in and be productive. And then I got trained in EMDR, which is a trauma treatment approach and it's experiential and it does the subconscious stuff. And I started using it in couples therapy, in session with couples, yeah. <laughs> which was not being done. I just kind of made it up on the fly. I'm sure it's done now here or there with other people making it up on the fly. But, And I saw such profound differences in how couples would get better. And you know, and then I've just continued to add modalities from there, but um, such a game changer, like true wellness happens with these different techniques. And then how did homeopathy make its way? I think I, I'm sure there's another therapist that uses homeopathy. I have not met one. Um, no. And you know, what's so funny. So for those listening, Dawn was like, well, shit, everyone's getting better. So no one's having to keep booking appointments with me because everybody's yeah. getting better. Yeah. Well, it's like a good thing. Good, good problem to have. Right. Yeah. But also it's like, okay, well, so tell me about, like I said, how, how this, how you use it in your practice and how it kind of entered the scene. How did yeah, homeopathy so enter the chat? How it entered the chat. So I've had, I've experienced chronic illness most of my life and like not like the severe kind and right, your listeners know this all too well, but cluster headaches for 15 years. I don't know how they didn't kill me. And then a year and a half ago, rheumatoid arthritis and everything in between, right? Like Raynaud's and circulatory, like you name it, yeah. the things afflicted. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that healers who are meant to find a particular modality, right. That that's what calls to them. Like, a, like for instance, your human design episode where she got better when she found human design. Like that was, that was what she was called to. Right. Yeah. And so. Ooh, I um, love that. That's what I tell people all the time. There's no one thing. It's like. No. And um, so EMDR was profoundly helpful and functional medicine and all the things, you know, the story you've walked it. But when I was scrolling Instagram last winter, I somehow in my feed suggested for you, there was a little carousel of homeopathic remedies for the holidays. And it's like one Instagram post and it clicked for me. And before Christmas- Are y'all listening to this? Did you hear this? How important are your Instagram posts? It's 100%. I did not, I did not tell Dawn to say this. <laughs> no, she didn't. And so then before Christmas, you're, if you're listening, you can't see it, right? But I bought this Materia Medica. It's the thickest book with the tiniest print. It's my favorite thing to read, which just is insane. But I also liked reading the dictionary when I was a kid. And um, I just started ordering remedies like a mad woman. And by January, I understood that I needed to hire a homeopath to self-direct. But I sit with you today, headache-free, arthritis-free, mm -hmm. and mentally and emotionally, like 90% 
different. And I was like, this is the missing link. This is what therapy was always meant to include. And it's interesting. I've noticed a trend on Instagram of homeopaths becoming coaches now because homeopathy without that, the mindset work doesn't work as well. Well, it can be used, you know, you see people using it acutely and then you see mm-hmm. people using it as like a classically trained mm-hmm. homeopath, mm-hmm. which is the more constitutional remedies. Yeah. Cause like if I get a bruise and use Arnica, like I don't need a whole lot of training or coaching or therapy. No. Or and there's so many books out there. Yeah. To be self. So, but I'm, I'm practicing constitutional homeopathy with my clients. And so it's really, it's remarkable. And I just love it. I'm obsessed. So you're not allowed to say that cures are available. Like the, the, the government owns diseases and owns its cures, but like there's so much more wellness available than most people are exposed to. What I love about homeopathy is it's so cheap. (gasps) Right. And it's not something that you can like well, I'm not cheap, but, but yes. Well, yeah, but you no, know, I mean like the actual the remedies like, are cheap. Yeah, yeah, the remedies are so cheap, and you pick the wrong one. It's like, well, just move on to the next. Like, it's yeah. not like it's right because like, oh. if it didn't work, it wasn't the right remedy. It's not that yeah. it, it's not that homeopathy doesn't work. It's that if it didn't work, either you're trying to treat a chronic issue with an acute approach, or you didn't pick the right remedy. Yeah, yeah. So I do. I will say I get overwhelmed just because my mom yesterday goes what's one of those naturopathic remedies? I was like, do you mean homeopathic? She was like, yeah. I was like, she's like, what's one of the remedies for um, lowering my A1C? And I was like, it doesn't really work that way that I know of, but like. <laughs> no, she would need constitutional care and it would lower her A1C. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, I know you can take berberine. That's not homeopathic though. She's like, well, what is that? I'm like, well, that's a supplement. Like they're kind of different. She's like, what's the difference? I'm like, I don't really know how to explain it. Um, So homeopathy comes from the perspective that A, the body can heal itself if it is, you know, in alignment. And if it's not in alignment, then the thing that will help bring it into alignment is something that vibrates at the same frequency of the misalignment, that like calls to like, that the curse is the cure. Homeopathy literally means similar suffering, similar suffering. So we take the whole picture of your symptoms and we find something in nature that vibrates at that same frequency of suffering. And really it, it acknowledges that anything can be the curse or the cure, like water. If you drink too much water, it will kill you. If you don't drink enough water, it will kill you. You want to drink the sweet spot of the amount well, it's of like water. I think about belladonna for a fever, Correct. for example. It's like if you fever, were to exactly. ingest belladonna raw mm-hmm. in the wild, yeah, you would it die. would be like hot, feverish, yeah, like exactly. sudden. Yes. Yeah. I love yes. it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say this one thing about um So you know how I asked you to vote on my new podcast art last week? Okay. So I've been having the hardest time, Molly, picking between – there was one with a woman and a window and sunrise, and it was so Uh empowering, and it felt so good to look at it. And then there's another one that you know is more text-based with some little graphics that's simpler, that feels less emotional to me. But as it relates to the Raz, and I've been sitting with this decision over the last couple of weeks – what I am realizing is that the woman in the window will only appeal to people whose razes are filtering in empowering things. And oftentimes, because I have a divorce recovery podcast, when we are in the middle of divorce, our raz is not programmed to see the beauty in life. It is programmed to see the problem, not the solution. And this is why in marketing, it is so important for us to use our client's language because that's how we connect with their razes program. Oh. And so- 
I think I'm going to choose the more text-based graphic, even though I don't love it, but that's because it's more likely to appeal to my ideal listener's current Raz state. Uh, mic drop moment. Yeah. So that actually is how I wanted to spend these last five minutes that we have is, well, we'll do it like in three. Okay. Great. <laughs> because then you, I need people to see how they yeah. can work with you, but let's just give some practical tips. So I'll start if you kind of like want to rapid fire some things, okay. you kind of see where I'm going with this. Okay. So I have a lot of clients whose biggest holdup, they're these brilliant people right? Who are literally adjusting people's cervical spine and helping people reverse their Hashimoto's. Mm, I "I don't know how to make a reel. I can't do it. It's hard. I'm just, you know, I'm just not good at technology. Technology hates me. I am not tech savvy. And I'm like, Ooh, but what if you are, Mm -hmm. what would you tell somebody in that situation? How can they, how can they use the power of their RAS to well, two things I'd actually say, have they looked at their human design chart to see whether or not they belong making reels? But yeah, I was, I, it, cause it really depends. Right. But I, I intend to have, I intend to get good at social media one way or the other, right? Like whether that means hiring an agency or learning how to do it, like I intend to make a difference via social media. That's how I would program my RAS is I intend to make a difference and impact on social media. And then my RAS will start looking for opportunities to do that. And it's not going to come all at once, but all of a sudden they'll be adjusting somebody one day. Cause this happened to me yesterday, right? I was sitting with a session in a session with a client who was in the middle of a divorce and she said something. And I was like, that's a social media post. And I, yeah. fired off, I fired something off to my assistant, right? And so it's like when you intend to do it and, and you set that intention and you work on reinforcing that intention, it's going to unfold one way or the other. That's so funny because I have told clients that before. I'm like, train your brain. I'm like, open up that channel right now. So as you're going about your day, if you walk out of a room and you go, oh man, that's a really good story people probably need to know that. Like mm-hmm. if you don't think to train your brain to look for, for those, you know, those stories, like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to finish your day and be like, Hey, anything interesting happened today that I could post about? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yeah, it that. is. It's catching it in the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's like you said, like the beauty of, of, the Raz, like you can actually literally change camera one, camera two. Camera two. And I think the tricky part with social media is, okay, so I asked my admin to make the thing. Now, you know, we push it out in a grid post, not a reel because we didn't have time to make the reel. So if it doesn't perform great, is that because it was a bad idea or is it because we didn't optimize it? Probably the second, not the first, right? So it's just about allowing yourself to be on the journey and to get better over time. Or it could have been all social media is a game of roulette. This is what I was going to tell you when we were about to hit record. You just have to keep it. It's like, we've had clients who, the client who sent us Cartier, for uh-huh. example. I saw that story. We kept posting nothing, 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 nothing. And we were, everything was optimized, right? Because we were mm-hmm. doing it for her. And then it was just like, all of a sudden, boom. Something stuck. Something yeah. went wild. And ever since then, her stuff's been doing great. And we've had some dips that we've kind of had to recharge, but it's like- sure. You just never know. Not saying going so good to hear goal, but it's yeah, yeah. It can seem um really frustrating until it's not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. and then it becomes like a snowball. But Mm -hmm. okay, so Don, how do people find you? Can I should have asked you this before. Can we work with you? I mean, I know I'm working with you. Are you doing this for me just because? Just because. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a private practice, right? Don Wiggins Therapy. 
where I see virtually, right? I work with individuals, I work with couples and I do like therapy is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> and now, you know, when you come into my practice, you just know that that's going to involve homeopathy and EMDR and all the things. But my baby right now is my podcast, Dear Divorce Diary, you know, where I bring all this stuff to women who are really working through a very painful time in life. And that's because I'm a divorcee and, you know, have my happily ever after and my parents were divorced. So it's just really a full circle moment for me. And there's so much in this world of subconscious work. I think that divorce is such a beautiful place to reprogram your RAS and change your life like a total rebirth. And so Dear Divorce Diary, rebranding, <laughs> launching Jan 2. Um, give us a listen. That's It'll already be out by the time this comes out. But you don't just work like in your private in Don Wiggins Don Wiggins therapy. You don't. No, I would do it all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, half my clients are men, and half, my, yeah, I, I'm always attracting the perfect clients. If this resonates with you, reach out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can attest. Don's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, thank you so much for this. And thank you. Now I'm like going to go geek out on all things Raz. It was, it's like so cool to just sit with you, like my best generator June birthday friend and, and, and it's work and it didn't and feel you're like coming work. to Charleston. You're coming to my retreat. I am so excited about that. Okay. I don't know if anyone listened at, at the time this is being recorded. I literally have one bed left and I had someone uh, say, I'll uh -huh. come in a sleeping bag. Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> so there are other things we can do. It's so like, if you're listening and you feel like call that, like this retreat is for you, it's my content yeah. creation retreat. Like, please reach out. Yeah. I also am like the right person's going to fill the last bed. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. No. So yeah. awesome. Okay. I love you, Dawn. Thank you so love much. You Thank you for listening to holistic marketing simplified. This podcast is brought to you by my marketing roadmap, which is a five episode private audio training. That's kind of like this podcast, but not exactly because it's not available to the general public when you search on your podcast feed. So the great thing about consuming free content like this for me or on my Instagram or my blogs or whatever is that yes, you will learn a lot, but you kind of have to go searching for what it is exactly you're looking for. This five episode private podcast is broken down in a logical step-by-step -step order. That's why it's called a roadmap. So if you're ready to get started on your Instagram marketing journey, or if you already are started and you just feel like you're kind of like overwhelmed with all of the different free information, this is a super clear roadmap with lots of tangible step-by-step -step action items that will get you from point A to point B for just $27. So all you have to do is head to mollycahill.com slash private training. And based on the reviews I've had so far, I know you won't be disappointed. I'm really proud of this training. And I know personally I've bought 27, 37, $17 products before and felt like I really didn't get that much out of it. I guarantee you, you will learn something from this five episode private audio feed. So again, it's just mollycahill.com slash private training. And it'll also be linked below in the show notes. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And hey, you know how every podcaster at the very end of their episode asks you to rate and review their podcast? Well, that's because it's super important. These podcasts take a lot of time and heart and effort to produce to bring you free information. So in order for me to be able to continue doing that, we need more people to find out about the show. So if you could, please just take like two minutes out of your very busy day to leave me a rating and share this on your Instagram stories and tag at Molly A. Cahill. That's C-A-H-I-L-L. -L. I would greatly, greatly appreciate your support. I truly appreciate you so much. I know your time is valuable and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.